0: is up my inspired friends welcome back to the inspired Competence podcast matt here to take a minute off the top to welcome you in and uh just remind everyone that we have our call to arms going on facebook right now so head on over there give us a like when we get to 500 total likes we are going to be giving away a spell book a mini spell book from elderwood academy to one lucky fan so get over there tell your friends or just sneak onto their stuff and like it for us, it's fine. They might win something and give it to you. Other than that, make sure you're following us on Twitter for updates. You can join the discussion on Discord from the link on our website. You can support us on Patreon if you're feeling generous. We appreciate absolutely any support you can give us from there. With our tiers, you could get access to a special article that we write every month or even early access to the episodes or some sweet inspired and competent merchandise which should be coming out fairly soon for patrons so get up on that. Other than that here let's see oh make sure you are rating and reviewing us on whichever app of choice you use to listen to our dulcet tones and yeah that sounds like it's about it so tell your friends tell your wife tell your kids tell your grandma Everyone's getting on the Inspired Incompetence train. But for now, here's episode what episode is this? I should know this. Episode eight. Dead Road
1: Trip. Made from one hundred percent recycled aluminum, we are the Inspired Incompetence Podcast. How you doing?
2: Hello. Aluminum,
0: huh? Recycled aluminum.
2: Nice.
1: We gotta save the planet, guys.
0: Do you know aluminum was actually super rare and expensive back in like the early 1800s? Like one of Napoleon's most prized possessions was his aluminum like hat cutlery set. Uh, Say
1: aluminum cutlery, hat. really?
0: Yeah, he had, he had like a knife for like a whole silverware set made of aluminum, and it was like one of his most pr- prized and expensive possessions.
1: Huh. It's hard to think of aluminum as like a non malleable material, but I guess if you really, if, you're, if you really squeezed it. Th- you squeeze He's it real good.
2: Steaks with a soda can like material. <laughs> it, was, it was a terrible dining set, but it was rare, so
0: you know.
3: <laughs> it's better than the wooden one he had before. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's because the methodology to like aluminum is really hard to get out of stuff normally to make things with, but like they developed a process for it in like I think probably like the early 1900s that made it then immediately much more
4: easier and plentiful to use. Yeah, that's cool. Save it for your history podcast.
1: <laughs> I'm
4: learning so much. I'm just
1: kidding.
3: I thought it was cool. Uh, it was cool. It
1: was a neat
4: little little mind nugget.
1: So what nobody actually realized was Napoleon was like, no, 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 we can't use that. That's the aluminum uh, utensil <laughs> set. And everyone was like, oh, it's because it's super rare. But really, he just knew that, that shit would just crumble as soon as somebody tried to cut a steak with it. All right. So uh, we ended last episode on a pretty positive beat, I, if I remember correctly.
0: Yeah, everyone we've ever known just died and passed on. Well, yeah.
1: everybody we've ever known? Ever. I thought it was, well, <laughs> thought it was just Russell or Coffer. No, ever. All the people in all of your backstories are now dead.
4: Sorry.
0: Sorry. Every, everyone that probably Thelias and Vipera and Uchard have ever known are now dead.
4: <laughs> what? No. I, my family's dead? My dad, my stepmom, my brothers.
1: All those people who don't live in uh, Roslar's coffer, they're all dead. Sorry.
4: Oh, God. This is terrible news.
1: (laughs) Unrelated cart accident.
4: Matt, (laughs) this is why we can't let you DM. (laughs) I'm too morbid. (laughs) Yeah.
1: So speaking of morbid, there you all stand in the dark, like past dusk, light level town square of Roslar's coffer. Just moments ago, it was, it was lit up. It was, it was, it was kind of like beautiful in a haunting way. Every, like everybody was just glowing this bright light and had this acceptance on their face. It was all uplifting, and then it was just, whew, just flushed into darkness.
4: So, what do you guys do? Did the town itself also disappear?
1: Nope. You are standing in the town square of the ghostly, dilapidated Roslar's Coffer.
0: Uh, Rogiar would probably, like, once uh, Dolrim winks out, Rogiar would probably just kind of, like, fall to his knees and clutch that that wooden bird to his chest and just, I don't know if he'd be outright sobbing, but there's definitely, like, tears flowing. Uhtred would place a comforting hand on Rogiar's shoulder. Everybody give me perception checks.
1: Uhtred and Rogiar like, a minus two penalty for being
0: Distracted. That's a 17 for rogiar. okay so I got an eight
1: and I got a 12. yeah I'm at a three man okay uh, so Thalias and rogiar in the quiet and dark and solitude above you you hear a like the the fluttering of wings. What do these wings look like? Well you look skyward and you see the witch crow.
4: Oh, really
1: that uh, uh, McTana had uh, used as a mouthpiece to speak to you when you were in the clearing with all the
0: children and it is currently flying overhead what is that thing I point nothing good Ooh, I mean I gather that We're look where we are
3: <laughs> See, seeing that in the sky Crow is going to turn to Thalias well buddy I think you might need this and he's going to use his uh, cure light wounds
5: Oh my
2: s- I do need I'm that I'm sitting at
4: <laughs> one right now yeah.
2: Quiet down The boys
4: are talking <laughs> Maybe Viper shouldn't have been what? such a dick to Father Crow Ugh, Come you on
3: You get three <laughs> Apparently, my rolls are bad I rolled two ones so far
4: uh, Well also apparently any heals on Thalias are just going to be garbage This <laughs> whole campaign
3: oh, black All hole the appealing. hammy he eats it absorbs in
4: Seriously
3: <laughs> Well there's three
4: Alright let's get this TPK over with
2: <laughs> yeah this thing's not gonna fight us is it we just did a thing well she was we all so talking good.
4: about correcting our ailment of being yeah, yeah. alive so
2: so let's talk to her about it i don't want to
4: die so the the witch crow
1: uh swoops down and you can hear its uh shrill voice and it's saying i will do it for her do it for her and it swoops aggressively down at you all everyone roll initiative.
4: uh, 14 Father Crow 9
1: Rogyar, 19 Thalias 20 Vipira 11 Okay, so at the moment you guys are all just kind of gathered around in a near each other You're not necessarily all uh, like clustered together if you don't want to be And this Witch Crow, uh, as it swoops down, it looks like it's Getting ready to attack. Thalias.
2: Oh, Jesus. All right. Well,
1: is this thing evil? Do you use a move action to detect evil?
2: All right. Yeah, I'll detect evil. It is not showing as evil. All right. It's coming down. Uh, I'm first to go. My uh, resourcefulness gathered me a crossbow, so I'm going gonna to shoot it with a crossbow.
1: Okay. So as a standard action, you take your crossbow out.
2: Now, I didn't see this thing from farther away. It just came down, and now it's 30 feet away, and now I got to go, oh, no, my crossbow.
0: Well, also, the last time you saw it, it was not attacking you, whereas, like, this time when you saw it, you might have been like, oh, what's this thing doing here? And then, like, by the time it got close enough to be aggressive, now you're like, shit, I need my crossbow. (laughs) Right.
4: All right.
1: I mean, it's not like it was, like, hollering from a mile away going, kill, kill, I'm going to kill you, (laughs) and you had a full like minute to be like well I better take my crossbow out
2: I'm still going to do it I'm going to take my crossbow out and uh if it's still in the air I'm going to shoot it you know next turn if sure. it's not I'm going to toss it away and slice it up with my shovel otherwise fingers crossed let's go next person do something better
1: okay up next is rogyar
0: uh yeah seeing this thing coming at us Rogiar uh, throws up a hand and launches a blast at the bird uh, that is a 14 to hit.
1: Technically, it hasn't acted yet. Flat-footed, baby. Yeah. So, yeah, that hits.
0: Woo, for seven damage. Yeah, min-roll the damage.
2: <laughs> Still, though, seven min-roll yeah. is pretty tight. Yeah, knowing that yeah. seven is your min-roll <laughs> is probably <laughs> making you feel pretty good right now.
1: Yeah, your,
4: your min-roll <laughs> is, like, too higher. Yeah, too higher <laughs> than my max-roll. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's a T-shirt. Yeah,
3: it's one higher than mine. Oh, oh man,
4: <laughs>
2: it's like a T-shirt you would see at the gym. Your max roll is my min roll. <laughs> <laughs> that
4: would be an amazing shirt for us yeah. to make.
3: Actually, that would be an amazing shirt. Cut that out of the episode. Yeah,
4: seriously, we need that one.
0: <laughs> no, I'm going to leave it in the episode so we can make a shirt out of it. Oh yeah, yeah. Like you nope,
1: want it's the be... other way around though, right? My my min roll oh, yeah, is your right. max roll. Well, you, yeah, you
4: that's, make them both, that's right? It. For for the, for the uh, Joes of the world versus like <laughs> the successful people of the world. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. For the I couldn't use the any dogs. of our names in place of Joe. <laughs> All right. Up next is Utrid. Uchred will draw his dagger and hold my standard action to coil up a, a dagger thrust if it gets within dagger thrusting range.
1: Got it. Okay. Up next is Vipira.
5: Yeah, Vipira's not really, like, feeling too hot, so uh, she's going to actually hold her action until after this thing gets within range of her. Uh, Actually, can I change that? I would like to hold an action to uh, when this thing comes within my
0: range. I would like to
1: uh, attack it.
0: Readying an attack?
1: Yes. You can only do that as a standard action, though, so it would only be one claw. You can do two. Okay, that's fine. Okay, so that leaves, uh, that brings us to Father Crow. Oh, I did
3: not think I was going to go before the bird.
1: I got a natural one on my initiative. How close am
3: I to Thalias right now?
0: The first thing, like the last thing you did before we rolled initiative was heal Thalias, so.
3: So then yeah, I'll yeah, and assume then- I'm next to him. Since I'm already next to Thalias. draw the short sword as a move action, and I'll ready an action if the bird comes down towards Thalias, I'm going to bop it one.
4: Ooh, interesting. Right. So your trigger is it has to come at Thalias, not you.
3: I guess I should say if it comes near me, but I'm assuming it's gonna dart after Thalias.
4: Okay, it is now the
1: witchcrow's turn, and I'm gonna need a will save from Rogar.
0: A will save, you say, I say. That is a seventeen. Another min roll? <laughs> no, that was a pretty good roll. My will save sucks. <laughs>
1: So that was a successful will save against the witch crow's evil eye hex, uh, and it targeted your attack rolls. Your attack rolls take a minus two penalty, and as a move action, it's going. Uh, it uh, does a a crow a crow like cackle, and it extends that duration from the one round that your will save reduced it down to to two rounds. So basically, if you if you failed your save against that evil eye, your attack roll would have had that penalty for. A number of rounds. A successful will save reduces it to one round, and witches can cackle if they have that hex to increase the duration of any evil eyes they have active, and that will end the uh, the witch crow's turn. Although I guess I should make a fly check because it technically didn't move at all, so it's hovering. That is a flight action that requires a fly check, and it successfully hovers. And
2: that brings us back to thalias all right, sick. This thing uh, is still in the air and can get crossbowed? Indeed. So, yeah, I'm going to uh, use the crossbow I pulled out last turn and pray like all hell to old Shaylin and uh, close my eyes and shoot. <laughs> <Okay>. except, <laughs> wait, <laughs> except keep my eyes open and shoot.
1: There all we right. go. <laughs> Remember, this is at a minus two penalty because the crossbow is has the broken condition.
2: Oh, yeah, dude. Ooh. I'm the truth.
1: Got Seventeen. It. Seventeen. Seventeen will hit. Go ahead and right. roll damage, and subtract two from that damage because it's got the broken condition.
2: <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> I have these brilliant ideas that seem brilliant, but it turns out they suck, and I'm a bad player. I did two damage. Minus two is zero, but you can't hit for zero. No, so the minimum. One. The
1: minimum. If 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 at the end of a damage calculation you have zero or lower, it defaults to one non-lethal damage.
2: Oh God. It even has the non-lethal qualifier. Are you kidding me?
1: <laughs> okay, up next is Rogiar.
2: Are you you're not even going to describe the damage it does? Like, oh. What happens? I shoot the bolt. Sure. Does the bird uh, so you, you like shoot it, the uh... bolt,
1: and the the loose like some sort of loose joint on the crossbow sends a hitch in the in the bolt on its way at its on its way forward, and the thing ends up like thwacking the the witch crow in the face. But it did so at like. Like, an angle, like, instead of the actual, like, the tip hitting the witch crow is, like, part of the, like, the shaft of the, of the, of the bolt hit it. Because it, like, started to, like, yeah, yeah it started to wobble mid-flight.
2: I shouldn't have asked you to describe that. That was a mistake. All right, Although, thanks. no, st- hold
4: on, hold on, silver lining. It's not stuck in her, so you can retrieve that bolt afterwards if you're alive.
2: Silver lining, it did so little damage and was so ineffective that you could pick it up and use it again. (laughs) Uh, So you still have
1: a move action, Thalias, and you can reload a light crossbow as a move action if you want to do that.
2: Yeah. As a move action, I'm going to throw the crossbow away and take out um, my actual weapon, the shovel and shield. All right. So as a
1: move action, you draw your shield, your shovel, and on your next turn, you can spend a move action to draw your
2: shield no reverse that Sh- shield first then shovel
1: <laughs> defense okay, okay fair enough <laughs> up next is Rogyar.
0: okay um well i guess rinse and repeat uh bitch is cackling at me so i'm gonna try and shoot it in the face again okay all right and that is a 20 to hit
1: Ugh, after the minus two huh indeed all right yeah hits.
0: and that is another seven damage man you suck <laughs> yeah Matt 7 damage
2: weekly
1: way to consistently do the least you can and also more than anybody else possibly can
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's how I get through life <laughs>
1: whatevs up next is Uhtred the witch crow has not come within your range so your uh, held action was
4: not used good thing Peliac is standing right on the other side of broyar. So I'm just going to reach over and... Oh, I don't have any bolts.
2: Oh, there's one on the ground, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I, I assume
1: it would be at least 30 yards away. Yeah, it is not, it is not within retrieving distance
4: uh, for the sake of this combat. And then... Elias doesn't have any action economy left to toss me one of his bolts, does he?
2: How, how are the bolts... Are they on me? I, mean, I guess yeah. they must be right. They must be like a like a shoulder thing or whatever. Who who else? Yeah. Would they gotta, be on?
0: I mean, yeah, but it's probably some sort of quiver, like at your. I think or he was hoping maybe they were or something
4: on the crossbow, floating the crossbow in the air. itself, or like on the well, side the, of the crossbow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Think like a shotgun. Right. Right. Yeah. No. They like you would. They
1: would have come in some sort of. Yeah, like, Bandolier or
4: quiver. Could I in one turn? Pick up the crossbow and be able to take the bolts from Thalias. Just just that. Pick it up and retrieve the quiver of bolts.
1: Well, you can hand something to somebody else as a free action. So if you said Thalias, give me that quiver, I would let him let do that. So it. as okay. so as a move action you pick up the crossbow, you receive the quiver as a free action, but then it still costs your standard action
4: to reload it. Right. Okay, so I can end my turn with the crossbow, bolts, and it loaded. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Then Uhtred will do that. He'll bend over and he'll pick up the crossbow and say, "Delius, quick, let me see those bolts you're not using. I look at
2: him absolutely incredulously. Like, he didn't just see what happened with the crossbow. I don't
4: have time for this. Give him here, boy. (laughs) (laughs) I hand it over. I hastily <laughs> take the bolts and get one loaded up, ready to fire on my next turn.
5: All right. All right, uh, so Viper, you're up. Yeah, obviously this thing uh, didn't move. I'm not making myself the obvious target here, so I'm going to continue to uh, hold in action.
4: Okay. Father Cross. Just out of curiosity, how would you make yourself an obvious target right now? Uh, by running hey, up and trying to attack it. Do some jumping Thirdly, jacks. Oh, is it?
5: Oh, is it like thirty feet up? Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Uh
1: uh-huh. Yeah, has it has not yet descended?
2: He runs up below it. I Get out of here, e- you big fucking bird! <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: you
4: big uh, bird! I'm
5: gonna take a five foot step, actually, like away from the group, uh, just casually, you not know, like you know, trying
3: to. <laughs> <laughs> throwing some whistles like, <laughs> there. <laughs>
2: Tom's going to casually five-foot step his way out of this combat. Yeah, that's kind of exactly
1: what I'm thinking here. Okay, good stuff. Uh, Father Crow.
3: Father Crow's going to continue holding down where he is, trying to keep the liars alive and whoever else is near him.
1: Okay. Then the Witch Crow's turn. He's going to cackle again as a move action, and then he's going to cast Mirror Image on himself. Oh, God. Boo. And it creates two mirrors.
2: Ooh, all right. Okay, Thelias. Oh, Okay. Me. Can I throw my shovel? Is that is that a possible <laughs> move that would do more than one damage to this thing? I don't one, think you can th- throw More than one non-lethal damage?
1: I don't think you can throw your shovel 30 feet in the air. That's well, you pretty don't know high. me. Okay, let's see. Uh, I just looked let's it up. An improvised thrown weapon has a range increment of 10 feet. So you could throw it 30 feet, but every... But you'd be at a minus four penalty at that point for your uh, attack roll to throw it that far, and you are not using it. You're not dealing dam. You're not using it in the way it was meant to be. I mean, we're several steps beyond that at that point. So, (laughs) like that, that's gonna it'd be like a one d. I'd call that as like a one d three for damage. But you would still add your strength modifier.
2: Right. All right. That all sounds awful. Thank you for looking into that. Is there a way that I can become defensive? You know, I can really, like... You can. I'm, first, I'm going to take my shovel out, right? Like, the first thing I want to do is be armed with my shield, with my armor, yeah. with all nine of my HP, ready to go, but he's in the air, so I want to do everything I can so that when I'm able to fight him, I'm at max pumping.
1: You can assume a total defensive stance, giving you a plus four dodge bonus to your AC for one round. All right. That's what I'm going to do. Okay. Okay. All right, Rogar.
0: Okay. Uh, well, until she comes down, I guess there's not much to do except try and shoot it in the face again. It's a 21 to hit. Yeah, that hits. All right. Roll the mirrors. Yep.
1: You want me to roll or do you want to roll?
0: Uh, I'll roll. Okay. Rolling a D3. A one is the crow. Very good. And that's a one.
1: <laughs> God damn it. Crow, my God. <laughs> oh, Andrew, I
0: love you. <laughs> All right, I didn't Min-Roll this time. I got one higher, it's an eight for damage. All right, way to start pulling your weight. So as this thing is just like hovering in the air and cackling like a jackass, you just see Rogiar just like slowly standing up from his knees as he just keeps like shooting blast after blast at this thing. Yeah. Like, on, like like if Uhtred was to look at Rogiar's face, you would see like a sense of like anger and determination that you had never before seen on Rogiar. Like, he just lost his son, and this thing's fucking laughing at me? I don't fucking think so. Nice. Uh, a
4: little fire sweet. in that old dwarf belly.
0: That's right. Okay, Uhtred,
4: it's your turn. Uhtred's seeing Thalias get into, like, turtle mode. I assume he, you know, put his shield up, kind of has his shovel behind it, like, you know. Crouching down a little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. going to take advantage of that and move to behind him, and kind of, like, maybe... Go down to one knee, and then fire the crossbow. So he's got a nice fortified Delias in front of him—not directly in front of him, but shoot he, up between his legs. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we're not, we'll, go, we'll go like you know, thirty feet up. You, I should be able to shoot over his head and line up, get line be, of sight. All right, go ahead. So it's a nine to hit.
0: That does not hit. Is it within five to remove a mirror? No. Obviously. Oh? Yeah. I didn't think so, but I wanted to ask anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Good thinking.
5: Vipera. Wait. You know what? Like, this thing's clearly not moving from its space. Vipera's going to shout out, make a run for it, and she's going to start running. This thing's 30 feet up in the air. Like, it's going to have to keep up with us and do double move actions. So... She's uh, flat out going to just make a run for it. I mean, we just <laughs> we just need to get to those psychopomps, which are very clearly over that hill. So Viper is like, if, the, if these psychopomps can like, you know, get our backs here, like, they so Viper
0: is just like running for help.
5: Yeah, Viper is essentially just making a run for it. Okay, Father Crow.
3: Father Crow is going to wait it out, continuing doing what he's doing. He'll hold the line. And see what happens.
1: Okay. Yeah, uh, you're still uh, holding that same standard action.
3: Yep. If it comes near me, I'm gonna hit that bird.
1: All right. Uh, it's gonna come near you. Uh, on its turn, the witch crow does a dive bomb and charges at Rogiar But before it makes its attack roll, uh, Father Crow's held action will trigger. 17 to hit. Yes. That hits.
3: Yes. Five damage.
0: Mirrors, I don't want to be the one to remind it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, thank you. You want
1: me to roll? You want to roll, Andrew? Uh, you can roll. Okay, I'll roll a d4, uh, ignore the four. One is the witch crow, that's a three. Boo! Yeah, so Father Crow slices his sword through the witch crow, only for it to disappear. Only a mirror. So the witch crow is going to rake one of its talons at Rogiar. Well, I got a natural 1 on my attack roll. Oh. So, and I got a natural 20 on my confirmation roll.
0: Oh. Oh well, I'll just I'll take the miss. Thank you yeah. very much.
2: <laughs> now, this thing flew into a threatened square, so I get to blast it? Well, you spent yeah. your standard action with the total defense. So, oh, that's on, right.
1: <laughs> on your turn, yes, you can. It's Elias' turn anyway, so Time
2: to attack with the shovel. Oh, Ooh. I crit. I crit. Well, I no. You oh, but I didn't crit. Uh, Confirm. Dang. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so rough. It's very Christmassy, though. <laughs>
4: I know.
2: Oh. All right. Okay. Now let's
1: uh, see oh. if you hit a mirror or not. Okay. Rolling that d4 again. D20. A 1 and a 2 oh. is the witch crow, and a 3 and a 4 is uh, a mirror. Unless you want it to roll. No, you can roll. All right. That's a 2. You hit the witch crow.
2: Yes, and I hit him for 6 damage.
1: All right. You conked him pretty oh. good, but he's still he's still f- like flapping. Ow. It is now
0: Rogiar's turn. Okay. Rogiar is going to step back 5 feet and uh blast this thing point blank. That's a 16 to hit after the -4 for firing into melee. Oh, damn you, Thalias. <laughs> so that's a 12. <laughs> that's a 12 to hit.
1: <laughs> yeah, 12's not going to hit. Yeah,
0: finally, fucking Max rolled my damage too.
1: Utrid,
5: <laughs> <laughs> is it within five to get rid of uh, a mirror?
0: Oh, good question.
1: Uh, Twelve is it? So yeah, uh, Rogyar misses the witch crow, but does destroy its remaining mirror image. Yes, and it is now Utrid's turn.
4: Right. Utrid would like to use a free action to drop his crossbow. Yep. Then he would like to use a move action to draw his dagger. Sure. And then take a five-foot step up to the crow. Okay. Stab it. Stab it real good. Okay, give me an attack roll. That's going to be a 15 to hit. 15 will hit. Woo! that'll be uh, some old three Three. dagger damage. By dagger damage, I mean piercing. I don't believe it, but you
1: manage... To, with the one point of non-lethal damage that Thalias dealt to it, you have knocked it unconscious.
4: No oh way. Really? Yeah. Wow. In that case, I would like to take out some of my rope and tie this motherfucker up. <laughs> so Utrid
1: stabs it with a dagger, and the witch crow just flops to the ground, eyes closed, but you can still see like the rapid rising and falling of its like uh, quick bird-breathing. To which Utrid ties it up Okay It'll probably take Utrid like a few rounds To take his rope out and then tie it up So what's everybody
4: else doing?
3: Can't this thing cast magic? Is tying it up enough?
4: Do you have any other idea? Like what? I'm I'm open to doing more to it Well alright so I was thinking maybe The psychopomps would know more about it
3: I just worry that it wakes up on our way there And fries our brains or something
4: I look over at Father
2: Crow after he says, fry your brains, and I think that's a distinct possibility.
4: Do you typically kill unconscious creatures, Father? I'm not usually in the habit of that. They're
3: trying to kill me, yeah. Not that this usually happens.
4: I always kind of lived more of if your combatant was incapacitated, you shouldn't kill unless you have to.
3: But then you have to go around hoping that everyone else is living by those rules, too.
4: Oh, I, I don't live my life based on anyone else
3: I just try to live
4: Well, father, I won't stop you if you want to take his life But I won't be the one to do that to an unconscious creature Oh, I
3: stab the bird Okay
4: <laughs> Alright, <laughs> so the, the witch crow is stabbed to death
1: Before Utrid can finish his sentence Uhtred's just I, uh, going
4: to uh, slowly un- start untying the bird Alright, so what do you guys do?
2: Yeah, I'm going to scan the sky and make sure there's not a second terror bird coming for us. And uh, let's get the hell out of here. Maybe we can go in one of these houses or buildings and like sit down and regroup and hatch a plan and maybe think about how much time. Well, well I think the, plan, is funny, isn't,
4: the <laughs> plan isn't finished yet. Like, Viper was running off to find the Psychopomps, right? Like That's okay. the last, last part of plan A so far. So I would say let's go find them.
0: Okay. Um as we're walking away, Rogyar is going to like just spit on the crow and just say like nobody laughs at our stone buckle and gets away with it. Utrud'll kind of look
4: at you. This is of all the years Utrud has known Rogyar, like, that side has probably never been shown really much.
5: Yeah, Viper is like questioning a lot right now. Like the morality of this group I might have done some, like, sketchy things, but, like, my peer in her head is, like, he spit on a dead body, and he's not healing people, and he just killed someone that's tied up. I'm, like, surrounded by psychopaths.
1: Alright, so you guys leave town. You walk out of the dark, empty streets of Roslar's coffer, or this version of it, at least, and you return to the rolling hills of the Boneyard. After about a half hour since uh, killing the witch crow, you find the two psychopomps. And Umble rests on Thut's shoulder, and Thut is kind of hunched over a gravestone. And the two seem to be looking at it. They turn and see you coming. Umble says, Ah, there you are. You've returned.
0: How did everything go down in Roslaw's coffer? They've moved on. It's what you wanted, isn't it? They moved on never to be seen again
1: indeed it is uh, I can tell by the by the tone of your voice that it uh, was not a task you took with pleasure and you have my condolences
0: now oh, keep your condolences just tell us how to get back
1: very well that was that was the uh, the bargain after all I don't know if you are the curious type but we were just uh investigating this here gravestone. Humble turns back to it, and the gravestone reads Uhtred Bebenberg, and you can see several other gravestones, uh, like, line up in a row, because you guys have just been walking past rows and rows of gravestones, and you find all of your names on these gravestones. So, Father Crow, you would know that in the boneyard, every person has their own gravestone, even, you know, before they die and that gravestone supposedly has the the year of your birth as well as the year of your death even if that year hasn't happened yet these gravestones all you would all recognize your own birthdays they would all end on Ferris the 27th 4721 which you know to be the date the last day you remember spending in normalcy what's strange though and if if you didn't find that strange what's stranger still is that though the the final date, Ferris twenty seventh forty seven twenty one, is legible? All five gravestones have a huge crack running through them that partially obscures that date. And Umble says, uh, "Whatever happened to bring you to the boneyard? Uh, you are clearly still living. What's very strange is the damage that seems to have been done to these here gravestones." That does not happen without some sort of tremendous strength to damage one of these gravestones of Pharasma's Boneyard. I don't know if this is a positive omen or a woeful one.
2: I, uh, I chime in and say, well, you know, where I'm from, a damaged gravestone's never a good thing.
1: Oh, I agree.
2: Well, where I'm from... As long as
5: we're not underneath it, everything is fine. Can we please move on to the real world now? Not
1: the afterlife. The real world. Oh, uh, well, very well, very well. Uh, I apologize for making you wait. It's not something Umble and I have ever come across, which is why we felt the need to uh, to show you. But to business. Uh, I suppose we are prepared. Uh, the ritual is quite simple, but I, I must ask you not to uh, pay too close attention, as we're not technically empowered to perform this bit of uh, uh, extra jurisdictional transposition. Now, like most things involving psychopomps, uh, the dead roads rely on a complex bureaucracy. They're maintained by Barzak the Passage to allow us to come and go, but creatures of, uh, of uh, n- non, non-psychopopological nature need authorization to prevent abuse. Specially appointed bureaucrats control way stations along the roads and can offer a stamp on your body to pass freely. Without a stamp of passage, th- uh, things tend to uh, oh, uh, uh, slide off the dead roads and land back here, hopefully. We never did locate more than a few fingers from that one poor Waywardian Kellishite who found his way in. Now, the road to Roselaw's coffer passes three way stations. The Palace of Teeth, uh, it's a small castle constructed by. Uh, uh, I, 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 I say, Thut, who constructed it? Thut kind of looks at Umble expressionlessly, but they seem to ex- exchange some sort of uh, nonverbal understanding humble turns back to you i've no idea actually its current occupants are malicious little pixies who collect teeth rather pesky Uh, they raid the graves of the boneyard so i imagine they'll accept a few teeth in trade Uh, after that is a mana called non eves it's a rather gloom encrusted mana an elderly shoki psychopomp named Kishakish serves as the master ruminating on all manner of confabulations he's a bit reclusive and uh, a little annoying but uh, he has a fondness for puzzles and games. He'll almost certainly demand some battle of wits before granting his stamp, as he's a depressing fellow. Humor him. And finally, you will go to Salekhara's scriptorium. Salekhara is a vidu psychopomp and not a gregarious one. She likes the privacy the Dead Roads offer and oversees several scribes performing menial copying tasks for the Boneyard bureaucracy. I've attended one of her pompacious lectures on a prior encounter, and I don't need to tell you they are sanctimonious and redundant in the extreme. How a psychopomp can be so full of herself is quite beyond me. Uh, but uh, if Salikhara wants labor in exchange for her stamp, it will likely be exceedingly dull to perform. You have my apologies in advance. That's everything that you should know. Uh, any, any questions before we send you on your way?
2: I'm just standing there blink blink blinking at this dude. <laughs> He's the most like helpful, unhelpful, interesting character I think I've ever come across in any campaign. <laughs> this is out of game in game the same like this dude's insane. I love this guy
4: <laughs> humble. do you know anything of a person named McTana? i th- I think she's a witch. We ran, had a little run-in with a crow of hers. Uh, as you're speaking, the the feathers
1: on on Umble's back seem to kind of stand up on end, and Thu, Thu kind of like rattles a little bit, and they both share a look, and Umble says, "Oh, uh, uh, is is she here already? Oh, how distressing." Uh, McTayna is, in vulgar terms, our superior. She's quite the potent psychopomp, and this corner of the boneyard is within her jurisdiction. I would recommend that, like us, you avoid attracting her attentions.
3: <laughs> Oops.
4: Yeah, a little, <laughs> little late for that. <laughs> she seemed pretty adamant about fixing our condition.
1: Ah, uh, well it it is it is her job to uh, ensure that those who have passed accept their fate. Uh, as is with many psychopomps. uh she is well uh, enthusiastic about performing her duties. Hopefully, your journey into the dead roads will uh, will throw you off her scent.
5: Maybe we shouldn't
3: have killed her pet crow. Maybe, but maybe her pet shouldn't have attacked us.
0: It yeah, was the, the attacking out. thing, the, the attacking thing was pretty rude. You got to admit, it sounds like she's not a very reasonable person either way. I think our best course of action is to get out of here before she can, you know, catch us and I guess correct her mistake. I agree.
5: However, we should come to a decision right here now that if we come to a similar impasse, we shouldn't be just randomly killing things that are unconscious.
4: That's not
0: for you to decide, child. And also, we, I don't think anyone's randomly killing unconscious things. That one tried to kill us first.
4: I'd be more worried about yourself than of others' actions. Not one of us here has a fully clean past.
5: Uhtred, you were equally uncomfortable with that situation, weren't you?
4: Yes, but I allowed Father Crow to make his own decisions.
5: Yes, but now it's affected all of us,
4: hasn't it? Not yet it hasn't. Let's get out of here. I agree. I'm ready to leave. I think we have worn our welcome out here.
3: I guess we should go. I turn to Thut and Umble. Well, thank you again for your help. Uh, good luck.
4: Thut bows his
1: large, skeletal head at you all, and Umble takes flight, and he says, uh, Everyone must link together. You cannot separate until we've finished. Uh, Umble begins chanting words of power as he flutters around Thute's head in a tight configuration. Thut swirls his scythe in a graceful, almost artistic fashion. A fan of dark fog trails from the blade as if it were cutting open the air as it moves, in an exsanguination of smoke. Before long, he and Umble are completely obfuscated from sight through the fog, though you can still hear Umble's cryptic chanting. Finally, Thute's grim blade is again visible, as it makes one large vertical slice through the fog cloud, which parts, opening to a hitherto unseen road of broken white stone. As psychopomps, we are encouraged to remain uh, uh, impassionable in the affairs of death and mortals. But Thut and I, well, we wish you luck in your travels, and we hope you can solve this tragic uh, b- mysteriosity. If there is justice for you to carry out for the demise of these people, you carry our blessing with it. And with a wave of his hand, Thut sends the opening framed in fog towards you. And the boneyard disappears from your sight for the first time since waking up in roslar's tomb you feel a light breeze caress your skin all you can see is this long twisting road a world of fog and mist conceals your vision beyond its borders and even the road itself is only visible for a few hundred feet before it is swallowed by the smoky curtain you have left the boneyard and are now travelers of the dead roads no sooner are you able to take in your new surroundings, though, than your throats begin to clench up, and you feel a sharp pain down your throats and in your mouths. You all take two points of non-lethal damage and become fatigued as the effects of going without water for over a full day suddenly catches up with you as you leave the timelessness of the boneyard.
2: Oh my god. What? This is ridiculous.
1: I'm I'm pretty positive that when I... Ex- uh, when I explained uh, to Father Crow the effects of timelessness on the Boneyard, that upon leaving uh, a timeless plane, any aging, hunger, fatigue, it all catches up with you retroactively. It sounds
2: right. I mean, oh God.
0: so if we had stayed there for like a week, we would like get here and just immediately starve, pretty much. Yeah, we do. We do have that wand of create water and the bucket. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong, though. Uh, Vipira was Vipira at one hit health. point. <laughs> yeah. Yup. So Vipira is now down. From
0: um, you're unconscious, like being at one hit point and then taking two negative or two non lethal, like you fall unconscious. You're not dying, but you are unconscious now.
4: Yeah, good. Good thing yep. Father Crow just showed us that he's pretty down with the whole death thing. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> I feel bad laughing at this, but uh, God damn. does anybody have any rope?
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you are you are now on the dead roads, which is a sort of back door to the material plane and the boneyard. It is not quite its own separate plane, but it is also not quite part of either of those planes. The timelessness has faded. You can feel a breeze again, uh, which like weather of any kind was not a thing on the boneyard. More uh, positively, those minus fours and minus twos are gone. Yes. Yes.
2: So what do you guys do? Uh, I feel incredible in this breeze. And also, we got to figure out how to get Vipira up is my first thing. Nope. Fucking keep me sleeping. (laughs) <laughs>
4: well, so, I think the first thing is you have to stabilize right no he's no, not no, he's not I, dying it, sorry, she's uh, not dying
1: yeah. with- with that realization that you're no longer on a timeless plane, you would also know that any rest that you made from now on on the
4: dead roads, you will naturally heal, so Uchard seeing uh vipera pet like just faint and go down like a sack of potatoes, really. Um, <laughs> would say. <laughs> Maybe we should take this as an opportunity to rest up. I don't know about you guys, but all of a sudden, I'm so thirsty and I'm exhausted. Like, I feel like I haven't slept in a couple of days or even drank anything.
0: Didn't that, that bird thing say one of those, was it way stations, are kind
4: of close? Uchard's definitely not Dragon Vipira for on a hike, uh-huh. like so
2: and what is what is like around us what's our surroundings right now is just a old dusty road or something
4: you know when like Goku dies in Dragon Ball Z and then he's got to get back and he's <laughs> running on that he block? goes on snake road <laughs> snake
1: way <laughs>
3: which time
1: yeah uh so yeah the, the you are on a raised ro- roadway approximately 15 to 20 feet across at any given time uh it's made of broken on un- broken white stone and Beyond the road is just fog. You can't see beyond the fog, and Umble and Thoot made sure to tell you to not. I think they made sure to tell you to not leave the road. They, if yeah. if I failed to mention <laughs> that, they definitely told you
4: don't leave the road. Uh, yeah,
2: there's no way I'm leaving the road. No. Yo, I I
4: <laughs> nailed that analogy, dead on. Yeah, you're pretty. Mad. <laughs> yeah, We're no, into-
1: you are. You're on. You're on Snake Way right now from Dragon Ball Z.
2: I'm all for resting, but uh, can you just rest on this road here? It seems kind of dangerous now. Where else are we going to go? Yeah, I don't see much other option, do you? Do we just walk until we can't walk anymore?
4: That seems just like a here. bad
2: idea.
0: Oh, one of us already did that. I point to the unconscious Viper. <laughs> <laughs> We should. Most... I nod
2: along. That's That's fair. Very fair. While
3: everybody's chatting, I'm going to pull out the wand of create water and start making people little cups of water.
2: Oh, okay. that's adorable
0: and super useful. Yep.
1: How many charges does that wand have?
2: It
0: has 28 charges.
1: That means that you're going to need uh, three castings from that wand per day, and you'll have, you know, one, one gallon left over that says, yeah, one gallon left over that'll dissipate after one day if not consumed.
3: That's what we make the soup out of. There
0: you
4: go. <laughs>
3: the, the cobblestone soup that we're gonna subsist off of.
0: So we got like nine days worth of water in that rod in that wand.
4: And zero days
1: worth of food. Correct. Yep. Umble didn't say anything about you know if there's wild animals on this road, but that is definitely something <laughs> to look out for. Be a
3: hell of a thing.
1: Okay, so you uh you guys are making camp? Seems so.
4: yeah, guess yeah. So, for sure. I think we should set up watches again and
2: Absolutely. From what I know of these lands, I can't ever see us not doing that. Yeah. And if we start to think that maybe we don't need to, like...
4: Like, at least until we're back to the material plane, Uhtred's going to be like, we should do watches when we rest. Uh, I'm willing to take the first watch again if you guys want to start getting some rest. Second watch (laughs) it
2: is. I'll take
3: third watch again.
4: I wonder if there's... Any food on this road or animals that we can catch. I'm still so hungry. The water helped, but Well, keep an eye
0: out and uh, good night. <laughs> yeah.
2: I just sort of uh put my hand over the stone trying to make a bed on stone. I just I lay on Thalias. <laughs> yeah, dude, come on in. This is ridiculous.
4: Alright, can I make a survival check during my watch then? Ah, uh, to do what? So, so it's a it's a stone road, right? Yes. So, is it fair to assume that maybe certain parts there would be like some sort of vegetation, like moss or something, growing in between the stones? Okay, so you're gonna use your survival check to look for food. Yeah. Go ahead. A four.
1: You <laughs> do not find any anything that looks edible.
4: All right. Like I say, in that case, uh, Uhtred would find a a small pebble and would suck on it. Okay. Go ahead and give me a perception check. Minus two for
1: uh, dedicating a lot of your time looking for food. Seven.
4: Okay. You don't see anything worthy of your attention, and Uhtred's watch ends. Uhtred will stand up and go over and give Delias a little shake on his arm. Delias... Delias, wake up. Come on, Delias, wake up. It's your watch. Uh
2: Okay. Yeah, okay. What happened? Is everyone alright?
4: Everything's fine. I I didn't see anything on my watch. I tried looking for some food, but unfortunately I, I didn't see anything on my watch.
2: I have like a sort of a half-hearted laugh when you say you didn't find any food looking around. <laughs> that, I say, well, alright, well get some sleep and uh I'll I'll take it from here, thanks.
4: No problem. And uh I'll lay down on the vacant rock pile. But I need to I actually gonna have to move a couple of these and adjust them so they fit Uhtred a little bit nicer. <laughs> Any hoozles.
2: Uh I'm gonna put on my armor and my shield and my sword. And by sword I mean shovel. And uh so um yeah, I gear up just, just in case I wanna be battle ready. And yeah, I'm just going to do some patrolling and, and pray into old Shaylin that, you know, things are not going to go south real fast like they seem to uh, keep doing.
1: Okay, give me a perception check.
2: That's great thinking, but I got a two on my perception, so... Uh, Thalys
1: probably has a lot on his mind, though.
2: Yeah, it weighs heavily on me.
1: All right, so Thalys goes through his watch, not really doing much watching, just kind of...
2: A bit of crying. Yeah. A bit of lamenting. <laughs>
1: So Thalias's watch ends without issue.
2: Oh, thank God. All right. Well, I wake up uh, old Father Crow and uh, yeah, get back to sleep. Restore some of those spells that I so desperately need, the HP that I've been missing for the last 48 hours. <laughs> okay.
0: At, at least you'll be able to wake up and lay on hands again. I know. See if you can I heal know. more than
4: four this time. <laughs>
2: Matt, don't make me cry in real life, dude. (laughs) (laughs) You
4: you know he's going to roll a three total now. (laughs) Please. (laughs) All right, Father Crow.
1: All right. Ready for my watch. Okay. Are you doing anything besides watching? Nope. Okay. Give me that perception check. I perceive. 16. Oh, you guys are surrounded by monsters. (gasps) (gasps) No, I'm just kidding. Uh,. You uh, you're pretty confident that uh, there's nothing sneaking around. Uh, I mean, you only have two directions really to to keep watch from, and uh, you do a pretty good job. Nothing bad happens. All right, I'll
3: go around and start waking everybody up.
1: So everybody wakes up, including Vipira. Because I don't know, it, did, did anybody administer like 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 get like a damp rag and they just kind of get her
3: moist? <laughs> That being said when I was using the three charges of the wand I was assuming that we were also giving Vipira some wet rags
1: okay so yeah so Vipira would wake up uh, in the morning probably not feeling great but yeah no definitely have like a
5: like you wake up in the morning and you're like you're feeling that headache like that like that, that not fun taste in the mouth, like, everything's just, like, really off. I clearly did not pick my spot last night, like, it was just me passing out onto a road. Right, right.
3: Uh, do we have water? Crow would point to the bucket.
5: Actually, I'd hand it to you. She takes it. Takes a drink. Uh, and I assume that we still don't have our stuff? No. Unfortunately,
3: we're just stuck on this damn road with no food
5: and whatever water we can conjure out of this damn stick. Do we have any abilities to heal? I am really not feeling it right now.
2: I, uh, without any further, um, request or, you know, fanfare, I toss you a lay on hands. Here, Vipira. And then I close my eyes and do my thang. All right. Well, you get healed for three. And, uh, that's more than you probably, you know, with my healing. (laughs) You gotta count count your lucky stars. (laughs) Yeah,
5: I mean, it's better than, uh, than she was feeling. It's double what she
0: was at before. Yeah, so... Uh, (laughs) Well,
3: after, after resting, I've regained some of my connection. I'm sure Iomade can spare some healing for you. And I'll cast another Cure Light Wounds. Or 1d8. Hey! Plus 2? Yeah, that a boy,
1: yep. seven, nice. seven. There you nice. go Dub- double it again.
2: I'm gonna lay on hands myself because uh, I'm more than halfway dead. Hey, Plus six. I'm the greatest. Save the best for myself, <laughs> as
0: Excellent. all good healers do.
2: Yes, <laughs> all according to plan.
1: So after after getting some water in you, you get some 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 Z's. You wake up and throw a couple magical heals guys are kind of feeling pretty good better than you've felt in a long time probably since since waking up the day before at least all right roll initiative <laughs> <laughs>
3: suddenly the, the the floor attacks
1: <laughs> well uh, so yeah this better point, put one you guys foot in really, front of the other yeah you guys don't have much to do but trudge forward uh, anybody who wants to keep their eyes open for edible mosses or other consumables along the dead roads and give me a survival check as That's you go. Stupid idea.
2: <laughs> Look for some uh soft rocks <laughs> and I
4: rolled a 13 for that stupid idea.
0: Any chewy rocks? Ooh, an 11. Uh 19 for Rogiar.
1: So we'll we'll call we'll call that uh Rogiar got a 19. He got two assists added on I like with Utrid uh, and Father Crow. As you guys are walking you're you're able to find a a, a modest supply of edible plants along the dead roads. Uh it is it is certainly not uh a cornucopia of of food. It is it is scarce, for sure, but between Rogiar, Utrid, and Father Crow, uh, you guys are able to pretty much pick clean what the Dead Roads uh offers. That amount of food that you have is enough to kind of satisfy your yourselves for a meal it is probably not very gratifying this this is over the course of hours of walking and uh after about five hours you guys uh approach a tall narrow castle rising from atop a hill near the road constructed of weathered wood and ivory colored stone the building is studded with thousands upon thousands of teeth ...arranged in neat rows and spirals. The castle's only windows are high and narrow. A tall gatehouse leads into a courtyard, its floor paved with yellowish bricks and old teeth. Yeah. Do we
0: have to go in there? <laughs> <laughs> Does the road... I is really it, like, don't. blocking the
1: road? No, it's not blocking the road, but you know that this... You, you can probably put money on it that this is probably the Palace of Teeth that Umbel mentioned you're free to to pass it by the only other description i can offer you from here is that the back end of the palace uh hangs off of
2: the dead roads so i don't like this uh at all but i would say anything that's not this road is something and i would be yeah trying but that's to a lot of teeth this.
0: that are not in people's mouths
2: Maybe it's the Tooth Fairy's uh, house, you know?
4: Oh, I hope there's no Fae in there. Can I detect magic on this castle of teeth? Sure. You are not picking up any magical auras. If I
5: kick one tooth out of place, would the whole entire thing come crumbling down?
1: It's not made Ooh, of teeth. It. <laughs> it is it. It looks like this was a structure that was built and completed and then after that somebody came along and just hot glued thousands of teeth in spiral shapes to the outer walls so
3: these are they're etsy pixies <laughs> yeah it's uh <laughs> they just glued a bunch of teeth on it and said perfect they bedazzled <laughs> it with teeth follow me teeth, for more recipes. Dazzled. They call it enameled. <laughs> 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 oh, oh, God. <laughs> the tower was enameled. <laughs> Gosh.
4: Well, I think Uchrid's going to go inside because he is not dumb enough to try and sell somebody their own things back. Because if they were dumb enough to do that, then I don't think we have much to worry about. All right. Uh, why doesn't everybody give me perception checks?
0: Uh, Rogier got a 24. Crow got a 22 got a 15 Vipira got
2: a 15 and a 9 from Thelias Father Crow and Rogiar
1: spot a pressure plate at the midpoint of the gatehouse and looking around a little bit you actually see uh, a large bundle of teeth kind of strung up and it looks like maybe it's an alarm if you stepped on the pressure plate the teeth would come clattering down and alert people inside
0: yeah, I point that out. Like, guys, watch out for that. That plate is that. That stone is uh, pressurized. Don't don't step on that, or they'll drop teeth on us.
5: That's disgusting. I'm actually gonna stealth. Okay, I'm gonna start uh, sneaking around. Yeah, I, I mean, my goal is the main uh, is to like remain within like the group area, but like obviously, if these guys get like caught off guard, my goal is to like come from behind.
1: Okay, uh, that's a thirteen to stealth around yeah just a just a quick disclaimer in regards to stealth. it does not work like like a like a world of Warcraft rogue where you kind of like disappear uh you need cover to hide behind uh which you know for all you know could be available uh inside, but just know that like I'm gonna roll stealth and you know they won't see me coming like that's just not always going to be an option. So uh you proceed inside. As long as it doesn't require yeah. stepping yeah. on that blade. hesitantly. <laughs> okay. Uh you walk into a small courtyard surrounded by walls twelve feet high. High above an arched bridge spans the courtyard from north to south. The courtyard is paved with bricks and teeth in intricate floral arrangements. A narrow passage to the south leads outside from where you came, while an ornate wooden double door studded with whorls and spirals of humanoid teeth stands opposite the passage leading to the north. A heavy wooden door stands on each side of the passageway to the south wall. So once you walk in, they're like behind you to your left, and behind you to your right. The handle of the east door has been removed, leaving a gaping hole. The west door is secured with an elaborate lock supplemented, with an additional lock and handle, apparently from the east door. Additionally, there are five creatures in this courtyard. Uh, what's our What's our marching order?
0: Thelios so is going first.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. yep.
4: <laughs> Typically, Viper has um, been like one B.
0: Yeah, but I think she's trying to be a bit sneaky, so she, I assume she was going to hang back a little bit this time. Yeah. I mean that's why I oh, said that's right. yeah. it. Yeah. It it depends. If there's like no cover going on then
5: like obviously she's just looking like an idiot and well
0: again like you don't know if there's any cover or not until you get in there. So right. do you want to go in first and look for cover or do you want to like kind of go in last and try to sneak in behind everyone? Oh, uh I was going to like kind of like hide right by like the door frame to
5: kind of like sneak a peek in there like right outside so- the
1: door. So are you going in first scouting ahead or are you peeking around the corner after Utrid has already walked in? After Utrid.
4: Thalias. I am is up so far-
1: Oh, Thalias.
4: After Thalias. Don't don't you switch us around so you can get to me easier.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'm still I'm
1: still waiting for our marching order.
0: Goliath. Well, well no, Rogiar is in the back.
4: <laughs> I uh, okay. see that's kind of why I was wondering where Viper would be cuz if Viper is in the back, then Utr would probably be after Thelias. If Utr if Viper is not in the back, then he would be third in line.
5: My goal is just to peek like as soon as the door opens, I just want to peek in. So then like, there's, there's, no, there's, there's, there's no door to open. Yeah, I just want to have knowledge is there places for me to
1: sneak around. Okay. So there there is no door to open. This is just an open Entryway from like a hallway the, yeah. from the front gate into the courtyard.
5: So then I'd be able to see
1: if there's so, places for me to sneak around. Right. And you're not really seeing much. There's a couple there's a couple barrels on the west end of the room, and there's a table on the east end of the room. Now, there are five creatures in this courtyard. This gaunt fairy has tattered ears, black eyes, and a huge mouth. Filled with mismatched teeth. It carries an oversized pair of pliers. And there are five of them in this room. These creatures are diminutive sized. So they are the size of like a rat. And they did not seem... They did not look like they were expecting anyone. So uh, they, they were just kind of like hanging around. And then you guys marched in. And they all snap up in surprise. And they brandish their pliers at you. Everyone roll initiative. Oh my gosh. Uhtred. Ten. Thelias. Seven. Vipira. Twenty-two. Father Crow. Seventeen. And Rogiar. Ten. What's your modifier? Uh, Two. Uhtred? Oh, two. Okay, so that's a roll off for Uhtred and Rogiar.
0: Uh, Rogiar got a nineteen.
1: And Uhtred got an eight. Okay, up first is Vipira.
5: Vipira... I guess, steps in front. And she's actually going to make an intimidate check here. Put those pliers down. We're here to speak with your boss. She's expecting us. Let us through, and there won't be issues. Thank you. Hey, go
2: ahead and, and make an intimidate check. Thelia's eyes are open as possibly wide as they could go. i just absolutely bugging at the balls on this girl.
4: Is that an intimidate or is that a bluff? And you guys
1: are here for a stamp of passage which would I don't think presumably be given us. by whoever's in charge here. Uh, 15. These little fay creatures, they all have their pliers held up and they're like fo fo
3: fo 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 fo.
1: And Viper is like, "Hey, stop." And says all that. And uh, with their pliers still held aloft, they all kind of stop their chanting and they look around at each other and then kind of in unison they all look back at you with malicious grins on their face, and they just kind of point to the double doors to the north.
5: I appreciate your
2: service. And Viper starts walking. Uh, Thelias' mouth, he's got to use his hand to keep it off the ground, <laughs> uh, but he follows Vipira. Yeah, Utrid's got
4: no follow up questions after that, so let's go.
1: All right does <laughs> viper yeah, kick it.
4: the doors off the hinges as she goes through.
1: Jesus Christ! Yeah,
4: <laughs> no, God, no.
5: She opens the doors, like it, like walks in confidently. Inside, she is sweating fucking bullets, <laughs> but on the outside, she She's is like like, I- like stone cold face, like unreadable
1: <laughs> expression gets out of sight of everybody she's like I literally can't believe that worked (laughs) (laughs) that's
5: exactly what happened
1: wow Uh, but she goes to open the door okay open those double doors and this ornate room spans the entire width of the palace the north end consists of a floor to ceiling stained glass mural of skeletal knights with halos surrounding an angelic figure Globs of metal and bits of teeth affixed to the stained glass angel give it a repulsive appearance, with a mouth far too wide and teeth attached to its fingertips. On either side of the stained glass mural are two delicate archways. From the room beyond comes the faint sound of flowing water. The southern wall of the room contains two alcoves and the double door that you came through. Are there any other fairies around? You don't see any. However, once you're all in this room, you hear the sound of cracking glass and the defaced angel in the stained glass comes to life and bursts out of Ugh. the window. Really? And it leaps at you, seeming to try to shout something, but it, it's, it's as if it can't speak through its clenched teeth and it's, it's just Yikes uh, uh, Hello
5: <laughs> Vi- Vipira uh, is gonna continue her streak here I assume that You're the queen of these phase here Umble and Thu has sent us here In hopes that you will Bring us back to where we belong
1: In response to Vipira's uh, intimidation attempt this creature just winds back a glassy toothy hand and takes a swing at Thalias.
4: Oh thank at god me. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, that was weird.
4: Hey, I don't know well. if you haven't caught on yet guy, but you're the one we want swings going at.
2: Yeah, no, I mean that's cool and all but You're
4: big. She's small, you're big. You can you got this.
2: Yeah, no, I I feel good, but, you know, if I am uh, intimidating you and you swing at, uh, you know, Andrew, he's going to be like, wait, what? Yeah, Well, I mean,
1: she's also
0: standing standing behind you. So it's like she's like like, looking over your shoulder like you
2: better watch out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, like (laughs) definitely swing at somebody. And honestly, for us, it's probably best if it is me. I'm just, uh, you know. Never I'm okay with Surprise just swinging at me. Yeah. <laughs>
4: no, I, I understand. I'd argue against Uchard getting hit, too. So that's a nine to hit, which I don't think will be flat footed. Elias the fuck is, out of here. is huge. Come on. <laughs> so, everybody,
1: go ahead and roll initiative
4: next week
1: on the Inspired Incompetence hey. podcast. Oh, Unbelievable. No. Oh, my God. Uh, you you would leave me here. Thea.
4: See, ya. Ah. see, ya. see, ya. see ya.